Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And, uh, we, and while I was pushing that, we picked up someone else from Colorado. Is that... Yeah, this is Shauna. Hi, everybody. Hi, how are you? Yeah. Okay. Hello. So, um, let me uh, kind of, what I'm going to do, what I'm thinking of doing is I'm going to give you some updates on just the dates and kind of the sauces. I'll get into all the sauces maybe about how we come up with the dates. Um, but mm-hmm. what we're looking at in terms of the dates um, and what I'm thinking about with the space, and hopefully Jennifer and Shauna will tell me this will work, um, or warn me that it doesn't as I start to think through things. Um, and then we can look at uh, topics that we want to hit, presenters that we um, want to reach out to. Um, my hope is that out of this call that I can craft a first draft of the schedule and craft um, the marketing language that hopefully Heather will help me put into a brochure and, and, and getting out to the world. Um, so I will draft those things in the next week or so and get them back out to you folks to uh, proofread and give me feedback on before we send it out to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's what I'm thinking. So okay. um, if you scroll down in the Google Doc, what I did was take the work that you guys had already done on a rough agenda there and mm-hmm. plugged in the dates that we we're looking at. Um, this did change from earlier dates we were talking about as I was thinking about the space and conflicts with, I believe, Easter's in there, and some, there's other conflicts that we're worried about kind of staying away from the weekends. So mm-hmm. what we're headed toward was starting on March 26th at uh, 1 o'clock to give uh, locals some time to travel to get there, or maybe some other folks um, as well who want to travel on Sunday. Start on no- at noon that day and do a half day. And then on the 27th and 28th, do full days. Um, mm-hmm. I moved around the networking event to being maybe on Tuesday, uh, on the 27th and 28th, uh, just thinking the first day after traveling, some people may be too tired to really get into that. Um, and then ending on the 29th at noon uh, to give people the opportunity to travel back. Um, as I'm remembering, I think the 30th is Good Friday. Me if I'm wrong on that. So that was what I was part of my thinking was getting people mm-hmm. out of there for that. Um, what we're looking at is going a little smaller in terms of the numbers that was being discussed earlier. Um, this being the first conference and the opportunity of doing it in this nice space in Denver, um, and also combining it with the social worker conference. So my thinking is using the two larger spaces, and my understanding is one is kind of majorly large and another would be um, a room that can divide into several parts. 
and using probably the largest space for the investigators and the second largest space for the social workers, and then having the option of breakouts going on. Um, depending on what our numbers look like um, and how the breakouts go, there may be times in there on the second and third day when there are sessions that both social workers and investigators would be interested in going into. Um, mm -hmm. I've had, we've had a lot of co conversation on the investigative listserv about mitigation uh, resources for investigators. So we may be able to do some classes in simultaneous sessions that would be open to both groups um, to attend. So with that, any broad questions or warnings about that structure before we get into details? No, well, well, this 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 is Herb. Uh, I, I just had a question. So, uh, you know, because I know from dealing with different conferences, uh, normally we would call certain portions mitigation related or, you know, fact investigated. So when when you say social worker, uh, it, it sounds very exclusive. Uh, are, are, I mean, is is this in the context of you know mitigation in the context of putting clients into programs? Uh, you know, like when you when when we when we use the word social worker conference, uh, what 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 does that designate? Yeah, that's a real good question because that's that's being determined still. I have a different planning group I'm meeting with tomorrow. The way that's headed is, I think the primary focus of that is going to be on um, social workers who are working on alternative sentencing plans um, in offices, not capital work or major case work. Uh, mm -hmm. major felony work, um, you know, life LWAP kind of cases. Um, it's not aimed at you know, the mitigation specialist alone. It's, so it's, and within that, though, we're talking about having the larger group of that being um, the target audience being brand new social workers or alternative sentencing workers in offices that don't have much training. Um, mm -hmm. So it'll be fairly basic about interviewing clients, using motivational interviewing, designing treatment plans, um, writing up social histories, uh, putting together an alternative sentencing plan in a report format, um, how you write those. So a lot of that may not overlap with the investigators, but we're also anticipating having some more experienced folks come to that as well. And they may be more interested in some of the stuff on um, on the investigator side of investigating things online, the social media stuff, they may be, there may be ethics sessions that apply to both in terms of confidentiality and the role of a, you know, a, a professional who is not an attorney on a team and the ethics responsibilities with that. So I, I see the potential of some crossover happening as these develop, um, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. With the social worker one in particular, and, and we may be able to do this with investigators as well, is what I see is doing a needs assessment after the registration um, where people can can target what their needs are and we can tweak the uh, agenda to fit what audience we have. So if we ended up with, um, you know, having 50 really experienced social workers coming to this, then I would adapt that program to fit what they need rather than try to aim it at a brand new um, person. Mm -hmm. yeah, how, would you, how, how would you assess that again? This is Terry. How would you assess that again? You said 
upon registration, or how would you? Yeah, what I've done in the past um, with some stuff in Kentucky is after they register, then they get a needs assessment survey, mm-hmm. and they can rank what things they want the most, and then we look at that and kind of look at our numbers, and and you know, that helps with what size room do people put different things in, but also. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's something that the planning committee had decided that you know, we thought this was a great idea and everybody else is not all that interested, <laughs> and we have a presenter who can do two different things, we might go a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, I wanna... this, is, this is John Cutro, and I think it might be a good time for me to jump in on something. I, I'm the one who poked Linda Pillsbury <clears throat> in there. She's uh, someone actually I worked with for a whole year here, uh, on violence interruption work in Schenectady. Her husband was on a uh, sabbatical here for a year, and I we cross-trained each other. She cross-trained me in trauma. She's an EMDR clinician. And I cross-trained her and certified her in restorative practices. Mm-hmm. She on her own, um, I, I put in kind of what she could cover, but we could potentially um, do something as well on that second cohort you mentioned of experienced social workers in mitigation in serious cases and including death penalty cases. Because if I co-presented with her, um, we together, uh, she didn't work on the Taylor case, the uh, Wendy's Massacre case, but I was trained in 2001 at Eastern Mennonite with uh, Dick Burr, Sammy Krause, and I was the victim liaison. I was um, sequestered from the defense team on that case and worked with the uh, families of the five survived, well, all families of all seven victims, <clears throat> only two of whom survived. And um, that, that brought in a lot of ethical kinds of questions and, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and, and a lot of stuff with, with regard to serious trauma. And, um, and it was, it's also a way kind of to bring in how does restorative practice potentially be used um, or be cognizant of that and trauma uh, as both investigators and social workers, when you're dealing with, you know, victim witnesses, et cetera, with severe trauma. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be something that if I co-presented with her, um, we might be able to address some of the interests and needs of some of that second cohort you mentioned of more experienced people working on, you know, in, in offices with, uh, we no, no longer have the CDO here because uh, we, we, clobbered the death penalty here on the uh, Lavalley case. Um, yeah. But but I just want to throw that out there. I'm not sure if my agency would support me in, you know, completely to go out there, but um, I, I'm also an independent uh, practitioner as a PI and also as a, uh, as a restorative practitioner, so we could probably work out some kind of a deal where I could come and co-present with Linda. Um, okay. So that just want to throw that out there as something that may be of interest in addressing some of the interests of the, the core, even if it's a uh, more of an open conversation with some examples from, you know, the, the Wendy's massacre case, and 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 Linda's also been involved with quite severe trauma in her practice in California and elsewhere, and she's worked with also done a lot of work in corrections, uh, developing uh, trauma programs for inmates. What, yeah, I really like that, John. What I'm hearing a lot from the social worker side and, and other places is the you know, the secondary trauma that happens to us when we work with these cases. Yep. Um, 
particularly you know, in Kentucky and I'm sure in other places, we have you know, lots of our alternative sentencing workers who develop a relationship with someone who then they get they help get out of jail and that person overdoses in the next week or two. Um, and then unfortunately, that's a reoccurring issue with, with heroin and fentanyl in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, dealing with that well, that's, when you're doing that, do your job that's, on your plane. That's interesting because I'll disclose I have a hard stop at two. I have to go for my next EMDR session. <laughs> so, so it really does have an impact. Working these cases over years uh, really does have an impact, and it requires uh, self-care. And there's a lot of stuff that um, that Linda could uh, do. And as a matter of fact, she would do some experiential exercises. She did one for our, um, I think, about 60 of our um, um, BPSP uh, basic trial skills program uh, here in, uh, and we do an RPI and she did an exercise a couple of years ago with, with all the participants right in the auditorium. That was pretty interesting. And, uh, um, so, so there are some, you know, interactive kinds of things that can be done. There are also some, uh, some, um, uh, participatory things that can be done in terms of open conversation and also, you know, leading people in exercises and, you know, how to do their own self-care and also to extend those into when you're working in the field. I know that sometimes mm-hmm. I've had people, you know, have traumatic reactions while I'm speaking with them. One just happened this weekend, and I helped walk them through one of the exercises, and they found it very, very helpful to calm them down. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, I'm, I'm going to... And move forward in time. I'm assuming everybody else on the call um, feels that that would be something that would be helpful to to include in this. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in the capital in the capital defense world, that that's been a big topic for many years, and uh, mm-hmm. there there are a lot of good speakers on that topic. Yeah. So, so John, if if you haven't, um, if you could either email me or or use that link that's in there. They give me information about um, the co-presenter so I can reach out to her. Um, yep, yep. Some of it's in there that. in terms of her, you know, location and stuff. But what, what I think I'll do is, is I'll flesh out um, a proposal, a joint proposal for the two of us. Okay. And uh, and then and then so at least you'll have a little bit of what some of the options are. I won't nail it down, but you know, put it down as these are the possibilities that we can. Do and then if it's you know an hour, hour and a half. What what is the time frame that you'd be thinking for something like that? Uh, I, why don't you propose it? Um, but probably an hour and a half um, is what oh. I would think. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what she was thinking as well. That she would she would need to do something uh, thorough. And if the two and of us are working together, that's good enough. Maybe the kind of thing we we'll offer more than once. Um, so as I start putting together what the agenda looks like if that's offered twice, depending on what's office of it. Um, so, so, and that's another thing, Jeff, I'm just wondering, do, do we have a number, an estimate of how many people we will be able to fly in? How many people will be able to fly in? I'm, I'm assuming five or six. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. In All right, because I think, yeah, because it's 
Yeah, and that's going to also drive the sessions that we choose as well. I mean, so, I mean, if this is a session we really want to do, then that means there's four slots left. I mean, so you, you, you know, right. just something. And, and I'll, I'll include in our proposal, I know our former executive director would have approved that, but our new executive director may not. So I'm going to broach that with him and I'll put his response in the proposal. We may be able to split costs on it if he doesn't want to go for the whole thing. This way, that would keep a slot open for um, for uh, travel for somebody else if I can cover my own travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. That's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, let's go back to, yeah, this is sort of the chicken-egg thing that, that Herb's talking about. If we, if we have Jerry Grant um, confirmed and he's only available on Monday, to do some of the, the mobile forensic stuff that, that we were um, very interested in. Um, and Herb, you're available to come. And what, yeah, and I'll, what I'll, 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 don't, don't worry about me. I'll be on my own dime. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, okay. you don't have to worry about me, you know, paying for me. Great. Thanks, sir. And um, let's, I guess, go with the people on the call right now. So, um, John, are you able to join us for this? Um, join us? Oh, I mean, mean as a presenter? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I will see if I can be on my own dime as well. If not, because I'm on Nice's dime, then uh, I'll split with them and put it on my, you know, my ind- you know, independent PI practice dime. Okay, so this is John Coutro. It was was John Lyon on the call too, or just? I don't think John's online, but I did put John in there, and I did. This is Terry, and I did speak to John, you know, in reference to what was, you know, the plans and putting together the training, and he was, you know, in agreement. He just said to let him know, and he'll make himself available, you know, for it. So okay. he said he'll be happy to participate. Terry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We breaking in and out. So, so. Yeah, Terry, uh, are you able to Jeff, can you repeat that again? This is like you're fading in yeah, and out. Sorry, are you able to come, Terry? Yeah, I'm just gonna I'll be on my own dime on that too as well. Okay. Mhm. And Linda and I can also uh connect up with uh with uh the person who's who might be presenting on uh on trauma separately that was suggested too so that we don't overlap too much. And also, also that would be probably best if we could do it in the overlap session so there's both social workers and investigators. Does that pose any, any issues? Um, not at this point. Um, once I start mm-hmm. trying to sketch all this out, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And what you're saying is that Tell me again what topic that would be that you're talking about. That topic would be on uh, self-care, trauma stuff with Linda Pillsbury and myself, yeah. and including you know the you know serious case um, uh, victim liaison restorative practice in that domain and the stuff that brings up in uh, in the capital area. Okay, so uh, and, and this is her. You know, I, I think it'd probably be better to speak about those topics kind of uh, exclusively you, you don't think i mean because that's a lot to cover 
in one session, yeah. um, you know, because you could do restorative justice standalone, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Devo, you know, uh, and I know, you know, uh, that that's that's actually evolved over the years. Uh, we had Dick Burr out to the Chew Conference back in March, and, uh, you know, they're now, you know, showing teams how to do it themselves without having to, you know, have a separate isolated person doing it. Um, and and, and they, they've, they've evolved somewhat, you know. So, uh, you know, you, you can do a whole topic on, you know, uh, defense-initiated victim outreach, restorative mm-hmm. justice, and, and then uh, just recognizing the differences between stress, burnout, uh, compassion fatigue, and secondary, secondary trauma. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Kathy Whalen, she does a, an excellent presentation where she she kind of puts everything in different buckets to help you identify what's going on. Um, so I don't know if, if, I mean, do you think you could you, that, that would be good, John, to do both in one? Um, actually, it could, it might actually be too much for, for one. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I'd be happy to, uh, to do something separately and then have, uh, either the trauma person or Linda join me in it as well. Um, so, yeah, because I, what, actually these issues came up, oh, geez, it must have been six, seven years ago, I was in um, Hull in the U.K., the world's first restorative city. One of the breakout mm-hmm. sessions was actually on um, defense-based uh, victim liaison work and, uh, and the ethics and things like that. And so I, I ran into people I didn't expect to meet there internationally uh, from the U.S., from somebody from the Colorado Federal Defender that had used the the method. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't somebody I trained with at Eastern Mennonite, but it was somebody who'd gone through the same program with uh, Tammy Krause, Dick Burr, and uh, um, uh, and and other you know people from EMU, including uh, um, uh, Howard Zare, who was part of that. So yeah, I could do something separately on you know restorative practice and and. Um, I could even talk a little bit in confidence about uh, a homicide I'm working right now um, that's mm-hmm. going from a wrongful death, you know, uh, homicide to where both sides in it are willing to engage together, put aside their questions about who the actual shooter was, et cetera, to go after the state police on a civil rights violation because they're in complete in agreement on that. So, so it's interesting kinds of stuff that comes when you when you put the restorative stuff in there. I went and I served nine defendants in a wrongful death suit with no intention of that actually going anywhere, other than to bring them together to go after the state, who was the major offender in the case. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, John. And so, John, can you put together kind of proposals as if there were two different sessions? So, yeah. So I think- They'll also have different kinds of audiences from the social worker side. Um, some may be interested in one and not the other, so I, I like splitting those up. And would both of those be in the overlap, or would the one on restorative practice in, de- in defense work be more on the investigator side? Because how I structure it. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that, that, that's sure. kind of a standalone, you know, restorative I justice. Know, I, I, I don't know if that really goes in one or the other. It's kind of... You know, uh, yeah, I mean, that that probably would be something that applies to everyone in a certain way, but it also stands alone in a certain way. I'll leave up that to your discretion in terms of how you have to fit all these puzzle pieces together. Yeah, I can suggest yeah, a proposal to fit. Thanks, John. That's perfect. Mm-hmm.
So let's go back around to um, kind of thinking about the big topics that are listed there. We had a lot of um, forensic things that we were interested in. Um, we're covering some of those. If we have uh, Jerry and perhaps John Lyon, mm -hmm. we can cover a lot of that, those areas. Um, right. What other national presenters that we would probably need to pay their way um, do we want to focus on now um, I should reach out to? What about, I mean, even necessary speaking, I know we had Tara Godoy. Tara did a couple of her, I think you brought her on in reference to um, trauma as well. But Tara is out of... Well, she she's a forensic uh, nurse. Uh, nurse, uh, yeah. She, yeah. She presents on uh, physical trauma, you know, and and kind of mm -hmm. identifying like mistakes that are often made, um, you know, in, in medical reports when they're analyzing crimes. Uh, you know, um, I you know, I mean, she she's she's definitely a solid presenter, um, yeah. but. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I know from being on the calls with the education committee, we, we talked about trying to, you know, get as many hands-on uh, participatory uh, uh, breakout sessions as possible. Um, you know, I, I think uh, one one speaker who's very, I mean, I think he's excellent, and uh, you know, maybe Kevin could chime in. He's from he's from Chicago. Uh, is is John Conroy? Um, he he does an excellent uh, session, hands-on session on analyzing police documents, uh, but he also does an excellent plenary on investigating police misconduct. Um, you know, every time we've had him, it's, he's been very highly rated, um, uh, very well received by uh, attendees. Uh, I, I think he would definitely be worth the dime. He does a real good one. It's a case study of an actual case that he worked on, which really uh, helps to break it, bring it home uh, for the participants. I've sat through that course. It's very good. Great. Mm -hmm. right. So, Herb, so like will you, for example, I'm sorry. Herb, will you send me information to be able to contact him? Sure, sure. I'll send you his contact. I, I cut somebody else mm -hmm. off with that, Terry. Yeah, I was just saying, like Herb, like for example, his his topic would it cover? Would that would that be within that an hour and a half, or can it actually overlap back to back? Well, I, you know, if we're doing the hands on, I I'd like to give him as much time as possible because I know he he kind of ran out of time when he had an hour and fifteen minutes. You know, I, th I think with the hands on, if, if in in those settings, and 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 I think he he might even have like a part one and a part two. You know, um, and, uh, you know, participants could even sign up for it, you know, so that we don't have any confusion. Because um, uh, I think he, he he generally likes to limit it to maybe uh, 25 to 30 people at the most. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know we do have smaller breakout rooms. So, you know, that, that might be a that might be a good, you know, uh, setup to a way of using him. Um, mm hmm. Okay, that sounds good. Um, yeah, keep sending me uh, information there um, about that. If if you, I guess if he's done a presentation for you before and you have 
um, the description or you know recommendations and how long and how that would work. Okay. Um, the information you send me, then I will. I'm going to try to. I'll probably end up just putting a whole bunch of post-its out and start moving things around and trying to figure out how all these pieces fit together. Um, but that may be another session that makes sense to maybe offer a couple of times, depending on how how all the pieces fit together, so that he can keep the group small enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is the the police misconduct investigations? Is that something that can be done? As yeah, a I would. Yeah, that's that's more of a plenary. Uh, excellent, excellent presentation. Uh, that's stuff that everybody needs. That's yeah. Yeah, Kutro mm -hmm. here in the uh, in the. Uh, uh, CDO office I was based in here in Albany for uh, the upstate area, except for Rochester. Every single case we had, we got a plea to life without parole because we uncovered the police misconduct. Every every single one except the last one, which wound up getting decapitalized right in the middle of it because the the court of appeals decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of, of having John Rapping come, and I can I can reach out to him and see whether there's he has any availability to do this in that period there. Um, I, w I would vote for that too, Jeff. Yeah, it'd be a big draw. Yeah, and I thought it would be good to have that conversation not just with attorneys, but with you know the non-attorney staff as well. I mean, and and we we all should be thinking about the things that you know John you know, highlights and talks about. Jeff, if yeah. John's coming, if Rob can make the trip, can we have him speak to either everybody all at once or to each of the group, social workers and investigators? Yeah. Yeah, I'd want to do that, and it's going to depend on this, you know, how the space works and what our numbers are. Right. Um, we may not be able to get both groups all in one space if we, you know, if we sell out the conferences. Um, mm -hmm. But also, just knowing RAP, he's going to want to leverage that, um, you know, every trip he makes in a way that's, you know, helpful to Gideon's promise. So if there's other stuff in Denver um, that would attract him to coming. Great. Maybe you or Jennifer mm -hmm. Noah uh, be thinking about that. Um, okay. He, he's just, he's traveling all over the country um, speaking right now and, no, I get it. And Jen and I can talk about that. The yeah. problem is we won't have the space to do something else. Yeah, I don't know if a law school wants it. He's doing a lot no. of speaking at law schools. That's um, a good idea. We could connect him with the DU. That might be an option there. And one thing that I, I really will wrap, you know, one of the quotes we have on the wall when we do our investigator training at Fallbush comes from RAP, and it's, him saying that he would rather have a um, great investigator and a poor attorney than a great attorney <laughs> and a poor investigator if you were an innocent mm -hmm. person facing a crime. True. Um, well, and right, true. Now Chris yeah. Lash is at DU running their clinic, so I could reach oh, yeah. Chris and see if we can make an opportunity at DU. That, that'd be great. I think that would be helpful. I don't know if Robin Walker-Sterling will be back by then or not, but... She's in Ghana, I think, right now, but she's also with the clinic. And Lindy, or Lindsay Webb is a big Gideon's Promise supporter, so she might do something with the Civil Rights Clinic, too. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that more, though, Jess. Okay, okay. now, 
Now, now, now, the only other fly-in that I, I suggested, you know, besides John and well, Conroy, John Rappin also was was Lubna DeBenny, um, you know, and and it's only because she she does a lot around training on report writing, uh, mm-hmm. as well as testifying, and you know, these are two topics that you don't really find a lot of speakers on. Um, I mean, I was going to ask Kevin, uh, Kevin, I know you have a lot of programs. I mean, is is this something that you can cover at all, uh, you know, report writing or testifying? Um, I mean, if if you wanted to. I'm just saying that I, I don't really have – I'm not – I don't have a lot of speakers that in mind or in my Rolodex, you know, who handle the, these topics. Yeah, we've got uh, interviewing witnesses, taking a witness statement. I've never, per se, put together one on testifying, but I def- definitely think that is a, something that needs to be addressed because a lot of people get up there and they have no clue what to expect once they've been up there on the stand and get that cross-examination coming at them. Right. Right. Yeah, and she's, she's a pretty prominent member of the uh, California, uh, uh, what is it, uh, California Defender Investigator Association, and yeah. she, she's done these presentations for like over a decade, excellent presentations. Um, I, I think she would be worth the dime if we wanted to just have her for the nuts and bolts portion uh, because testifying and report writing are absolutely in that wheelhouse. Almost every time I get evaluations back after investigators and I say, what do you want to learn more about, it almost always has testifying on there. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to find people to teach it. I mean, we've done some interactive stuff where we do, like, demonstrations of crosses and how you can get hung up, but it's it's been hard to find somebody who teaches well on that. So I think that would be super useful and people and a draw cuz they most of the investigators we have hate to testify. Hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who does like <laughs> well, might, session You know, you're you're on a hot seat, yeah. Uh-huh. To attend to as as a as a break, as a like smaller group, not the plenary, but just as a group cuz social workers sometimes depending on their role as, like, a mitigation specialist or not, are getting called upon to testify. And that might yeah. be a good topic for the social workers as well. Yeah, that's a good point, Shauna, because you're right. Both yeah. of them have to come up there and testify. And I've testified as an expert numerous times. If you've not been grilled on a cross-examination, uh, you can take all your good evidence and they can destroy you up there. So to be prepared for that in advance, I think, is great. Well, hell, when I testify, I hate it, and I'm a freaking lawyer, and I'm and I know what's coming, and I'm like, nope, this sucks. Uh, a possible resource. This is John Cutrell here. Possible resource I could look into is some of the faculty of our basic trial skills program. I mean, we've been running it for like 19 years. Some of them I could uh, reach out inside uh, NISA to see if there's some faculty there who might be able to fill that that uh that gap uh as well and come up with a few names and uh take a look at them. Well and we have a ton of faculty in Colorado that teach at the National Criminal Defense College. So mm-hmm. at our local that we wouldn't have to pay to fly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah. I would say something you might want to consider doing too is having actual practical exercise. Put uh some of us up there on the stand and have them do that cross-examination on us and, and walk us through, you know, so they can see it in actually real time what goes on and how, how to handle it. Well, and I could help with that if you want, or Jeff, if you want somebody different than me, we can find somebody locally here. Mm-hmm, the role play. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. We just have a ton um, of good teaching lawyers. I mean, I, I think the only thing I will say is, you know, uh, most, because I've seen a lot of those lawyers train on cross-examination, you know, but I, I have never seen a good lawyer presentation on testifying because uh, lawyers don't testify. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not saying it's not out there. You know, maybe you guys have seen one, um, but... Uh, you know, lawyers don't testify. They're not supposed to. If a lawyer understands something terrible is going on. Something went wrong. Oh, yeah, they testify in conviction claims. That's when I've had to testify is either as an expert or as the witness in a post-conviction claim. I've only had to testify five times. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Herb, I think it makes sense for you to, you know, since the person from California you're thinking of also does the report writing. Uh Uh-huh. do you want to go ahead and send me more information? I don't know whether, you know, if you have a relationship with her and John, if you want to reach out to them first and just see if they're available. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Me, I, I that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, and you and you have you have your course descriptions and bios in that document I emailed you that to to go correspond with the suggestions. So okay, yeah. great. I yeah, I haven't gotten to that yet, so I'll look at that this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, let me come back around to Kevin. So, Kevin, are you able to, to join us for this? Yeah, yeah, I'd be glad to. Whatever role okay. you want me to play, I would definitely love to participate. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, can you send me an email, um, unless you have a quick list off the top of your head, or, or, or put into this document? You know, I know you have a, a whole big bag of tricks. Um, if you can mm-hmm. send me um, something or put in the document, what presentations you've been focusing on lately. Sure. Um, really if they fit that list of things that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. And then, okay. so some of the local people, um, I think Herb and Jennifer and Shauna have added stuff. I think we want to tap into those folks. Um, there's Amy Martin. Um, on on dissecting the autopsy report. Mm-hmm. One of you put her in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, the ones I put in were Amy uh, Martin, Michael Barnes, Edie Green. Uh, we had them all at the Chew Conference in Denver a few years ago. And, and where's Andy out of? Which, excuse Amy's me. Out of, Amy, Amy's out of where? Where is she? She's out of Denver. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I forgot. I'd have to look at the bio. It's on that document, Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. But but she right. gave a very excellent presentation. Uh, you know, Michael Barnes. I mean, I think he he gave a decent presentation. But if if we have a better person on trauma, I think we could go with a better person on trauma. But I I, okay. I was just throwing names out of people that I've seen. Edie Green. Mm-hmm. She did an excellent uh, you know presentation on the science of eyewitness identification. You know, and uh, the the things to look for when you know you're interviewing witnesses in terms of the the weakness of human memory. Um, Paul Paradis, uh, he actually was a resident expert at the uh, Colorado State Public Defender, um, a ballistics guy. He retired now, um, but he he gives pretty uh, good presentations on uh, two mark identification. I really like his session on beyond the the gun and the bullet. You know, it talks about things to consider when investigating a shooting, 
you know, uh, the unintentional factors of it, you know, and, and it was very interesting. Uh, Iris uh, Etan, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, I, I've seen her once at a NACDO conference. I mean, she does a lot of work around competency, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and uh, forensic mental health. You know, uh, you know, I, she, she's an excellent speaker. She's actually, before she was an attorney, she was a psychologist, you know, uh, but then she went in, you know, because she wanted to help her clients legally, so she went to law school. So she uh, is very fluid with that kind of information. She does um, a really good thing on demonstrative evidence, too, that's oh. really yes. crazy good. Yeah, and and, uh, and, and John Bears, of course, uh, he's he's a old friend, and, you know, he's been doing presentations around the country at investigator events uh, for years on, uh, you know, autopsy reports, serious. Right. And, and actually, he uh, did a, a webinar for us, right, Jeff? Cause, yeah, uh, I know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I invited him for that. Uh, and then Stephen Greenspan, excellent. I mean, I, I don't. I think the social workers would enjoy it. I mean, he, he gave a, a very, you know, uh, uh, enlightening you know, discussion on recognizing intellectual disability, you know, which, mm. you know, we all know is we don't say mental retardation anymore. And, uh, yeah. you know, Dr. Greenspan, he's one of the leading experts in the country, and he's right there in, in uh, well, not far from Denver. So Denver. Th those okay. are my suggestions. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, are you Jennifer or Shauna, do you have any thoughts about those folks or know them? I, I know a few of them. I mean, Iris speaks for me when you can get her. She's super busy and hard to get, but she always does a really good job. She's done a talk on demonstrative evidence, so she might be willing to do that again, and she's given some talks on competency and things like that. So stuff that she has in the can, it's going to be easier to get her to do. Cause yeah. So... I know she's done something on mental health within the past couple of years to a different audience, so I think that's good. You know, I know Paul Paradis. Mm -hmm. um, he um, not he doesn't always speak to everybody's taste, and <laughs> I would say. <laughs> so I think we might be, and and with him being retired, I don't know what exactly he's doing, but. I would I would be a little more hesitant on him. Um, I I know there's a recommendation and I don't know who made it about um, Chris Wells. That was me, Miss Shauna. Chris, yeah, Chris has done talks for Jen and I that are kick ass because they're on digital stuff, which is fairly new. And yeah. he does a really good job of walking through like what to look for how to find it. He got terrific feedback at the, was it investigator training we did, Jen? Yes. Um, he did an investigator training that was, you know, he just knocked it out of the park. He also did one for our expert training. Yes, he he did. As yes. Like what you can ask from your expert on digital information retrieval. Okay, that's And great. the lawyers loved it. And I think mm -hmm. the investigators would be equally responsive. We had a few investigators at experts, but not like that many. Mm -hmm. So, Jen, can you send me information about him? Yeah, they were literally emailing me and saying, 
we could spend a whole day with him. Yes, they, we got a lot of that. And he's up in the mountains, but he comes down a lot. All right now, now, and this is Herb again. I, I think that would be excellent. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but but the only thing is, I, I know we want to differentiate. You know what he's going to do from uh, Jerry Grant because I do yeah. see cell phone up there a few times. Um, so if he's talking about working with mm-hmm. experts, uh, I think you know. Is that the? Do you think that's the plug? Um, well, let me look. And so, you know, as a backdrop on that, yeah, and and, and asking, you know, who, what, where, and how concerning experts. So I think that's definitely is something that we should tap into because I don't think Jerry covers that. An expert, what you can't expect uh-huh. an expert when to hire an expert. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that'd be that'd be excellent. Yeah, I don't yeah, know the yeah. other speakers, so I don't know what all they cover. And my Google Doc is frozen right now, so I can't get Mark, it. I worked with. She's the um, forensic pathologist, and she's wonderful. Um, she's retired, uh, and she works for the defense. I hired her on a uh, homicide case uh, when I was practicing about a year and a half ago, and she was excellent. I'm not, po- you know, I would be happy to re- reach out to her. See if she'd be willing to come talk to her. And, and, and who's that? Amy Martin, Dr. Amy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- if you okay. know her, you should, yeah, definitely. That'd be great. I, so I do. She, she, you know, she's she's busy, and um, but I'd be happy to to, to see if she'd come um, speak. And I and I think she's excellent. Um, Edie Green is also another one that's she's great. She's the psychologist down at UCCS. Um, she's difficult to get, you know, to to get her to to make time to come speak. Um, I know that uh, several teams have worked with her and hired her. Um, she was actually a professor of mine um, years ago. I I would love to have her come speak. I just don't know about her availability. And, and so, what's her name? Um, that would be uh, Edie Green. Um, she's a, a professor down at UCCS, so CU in Colorado Springs, um, and very well known nationally. So. I mean, I know them personally. I do know, you know, Iris is great in her demonstrative evidence. I agree with Shauna. She's awesome. Um, one person that comes to mind that could talk about mental health and competency and so forth is Jen Longton. I don't know, and I could talk with uh, Shauna away from this call, and, and we could brain that a little bit. Um, she's presented for me several times, and she's great. She's an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Grimmett, who's a PsyD who came to us from the state hospital, would be really good on competence and mental health. She talked at the expert thing, too, and got really good feedback. And she's Scottish, so people like to listen to her. (laughs) And she's wonderful. She's wonderful. I might, yeah, I'll talk to Jen about uh, Jen Longton. Mm -hmm. What's her name? Jen Longton. Jennifer Longton, she's a lawyer. Um, Jackie Grimmett, G-R-I-M-M-E-T-T, is a forensic psychologist. Okay, I'm not sure if I'm getting these names right. If you're seeing, that's okay. I'll fix them later. Yeah. This sounds great. Um, now I'm starting to worry about whether we're getting too many people, but that <laughs> get a lot of no's as you start reaching out to people. Um, so, 
as we're wrapping, I'm trying to also wrap up and be aware of your time here. So what what do we feel like is missing that we haven't talked about that really should be at this conference if we're going to do this conference? I just, this is Kutro here again. I just uh, heard something on Radio Web. It was a repeat, which is probably not going to be anything that's happening in, in the in immediacy, but it was about uh, cities are now, um, particularly down in Mexico and been used a lot in Iraq, where they put a plane up in the air and they just constantly record everything. Um, and uh-huh. then if crime occurs, they can go to that, crime scene and pinpoint a vehicle or whatever and then trace it back in time and then in Mexico they also traced it forward in time and they identified the headquarters of uh, a police officer was was murdered in the incident crime and then uh, they saw convergence of vehicles coming from other shootings going to the headquarters and so essentially they're using it as a tool now um, to basically look backward in time and then forward in time. And, um, and the, uh, the promo for it says, you know, he's got a super, he's got a Jeff McNutt has a superpower, but should he use it? And I guess it raises a lot of ethical issues and it might be something we're looking at in the next couple of years is cities basically using these eyes in the sky to roll back to a crime scene uh, even weeks or months before and then be able to develop evidence from that. I wonder if that should at least be mentioned as a heads up to be aware that if these are being installed in your jurisdictions, um, what the implications might be for defense cases. Maybe we should just have a session called, Oh, Dear God. <laughs> exactly. You're being watched. That's <laughs> all the crap or, that's going Big Brother yeah. has been here and it's getting bigger. <laughs> bigger as it grows, exactly. Some are the NSA, drones. Drones, exactly. Drones? I was saying, drones. Of drones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is even worse than drones because it's like twenty, virtually twenty-four hour surveillance um, uh, that's recorded, like way up in the air, and it rolls back in time, you know, from the time it starts, and you mm. could go back in and pick that stuff up. And uh, the other thing it picks up is uh, it's also commercial, which means it's being used in divorce cases and things like that. Um, so. Uh, it, 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 we're losing our ability, you know, to uh, to be free here, and it might have a really dramatic uh, impact in the future. In that, a lot of like investigations of a crime scene or whatever, they wind up going nowhere because the vehicle left, and they don't know which. They, they know a direction, but they don't know where it left. But you go up to the eye in the sky, pinpoint the incident, and you can roll it backwards and forward from that point. And uh, and develop and uh, develop an enormous amount of of of, uh, of actionable intelligence. Mm. Yeah, it may be interesting to have a session that's just looking into the future of things that we need to worry about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Even if uh, it just has links to some of these, uh, you know, press coverage on NPR of these things. Uh, so that people can view them themselves and then get, you know, educated just by, you know, little snippets uh, of, of the video and then uh, and then see more by, you know, watch the or listen to the radio lab broadcast on this. Um, because uh, it, it, it's, yeah, I think, yeah, that might be just a, a topic for the future of investigation in, uh, in, in, in the technology because we're doing, you know, stuff with Jerry, et cetera, on the present. But, 
but are we looking into the future, which is already happening? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. another okay. another thing is uh, on the forensic front, you know, uh, you know, and then I've I've been looking into it more and more because the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department they just uh, bought this in this software. It's called StarMix. Uh, which has been pretty controversial. Uh, in fact, there was some case. It was a case in upstate New York where it was actually thrown out twice. But you have different jurisdictions, you know, uh, that are saying it's okay, and some jurisdictions are saying no. Um, and, and there's some problems with this software. Uh, so it, it would be interesting because it's kind of like there's a growing presence amongst law enforcement. You know, how to address and fight the usage of this new software that they got. It, it, it Basically what it does is it, it, it takes DNA information and it puts it through some logarithms and analy analyzes it somehow like 50 different ways instead of, you know, the, 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 the uh, fewer ways that was done previously. Uh, you know, I, I think that might be an interesting topic as well because, uh, you know, DNA is not as solid as, it used to be in, uh, you know, programs like this, I think, are created to try to, you know, make it or restore its prominence, you know. But uh, anyway. Yeah, that was, the, that was the case up in uh, New York of that soccer, was the soccer coach? Something like that. Yeah, I read the article. I forgot the, the name and, you know, yeah, the circumstance. Yeah, and that that was a case I was perfectly involved with in getting a local PI involved in it. They they hired him, and he wound up uh, uh, helping to crack the case along with all the, the DNA kind of stuff that was uh, that was bogus, and uh, and he was he was acquitted. And the, the suspect, the original suspect, was a police officer. Right. Um, right, but but they but what was key is they attacked the science, you know, yep. like like they they. You know, because whenever the cops, you know, law enforcement come out with some new technology, they're like, oh, it's infallible. You know, I mean, that's why sometimes I hate going to those law enforcement trainings because they don't really teach you the other side of the technology, you know, where, where it's vulnerable to attack. Um, right. And, uh, you know, we that, we can certainly benefit from that kind of a thing. Even the McLaughlin, some of those McLaughlin gang training things that I've attended, um a lot of that stuff is bogus. I mean, yeah. with regard to all the gang signs and the, you know, and, and you know, we had a case here in in, uh, in Albany, New York, where they were basically already had gone through the whole state judicial thing and done their time and were in college, et cetera, and then they they uh, basically put a, a federal RICO charge on them all and put them back in prison. Based on the fact that they were childhood friends, I mean that was really mm -hmm. what it was. And because the jury was predominantly white, they bought all of the gang, you know, association evidence into it. Uh, and, I, and I knew all these people; they were the jungle junkies, et cetera. And it wasn't anything like what they had purported and, and presented to the jury. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, we're we're at two o'clock now, so I want to respect your time and kind of um, wrap us up for today. If I can kind of go through what I think people are going to do here, um, and we can add more to this document, um, I'm going to try to kind of organize things a little bit differently as after I talk with the social workers. So, mm -hmm. Herb, you sent me a lot of information there, and you're going to help me with um, some of the contact information for 
um, some of the people that you've mentioned along the way. If you haven't already sent that to me, I haven't opened that document. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, I'll send I'll send you a separate uh, contact sheet. I should have included that now that I think about it. Um, okay, uh, thanks, sir. You know, but one one last, just real brief. I mean, if you're worried yeah. about uh, Edie Green, uh, I think the reason why we got her so easily for the Chu conference was because uh, one of her former students was an attorney in our office. And I mean, when I say former, Edie actually flew to Vegas and stayed with her for a week. <laughs> so I, I can use that person if you think that it might be hard to get her, um, uh, because you know, I, I I I think she is a busy person. You know, just to optimize that. Great idea. I really do. Anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So Herb, you'll you'll reach out to Edie, or how is that going to work? Yeah, I'll reach out to Edie and you know the attorney that yeah I'll 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 try to reach out to her. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Terry, I think you were going to send me some things that you could present on. Well. I was just saying, I, I actually sent some topics or so, but, you know, whatever, you know, you think the need is for. I was going to also mention, too, Jeff, that we need to maybe uh, tap into, like, for example, the drug, 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 uh, you know, investigating drug cases and, yeah. you know, how there's something that um, that is constantly changing. So, like, even the chemical composition of drugs and just the difference uh, processing, manufacturer distribution and overview, if we can get that into the program as well. Just to, uh, Is that something you do, or you have a recommendation? No, but I can possibly reach out to someone that that you know in that area that could possibly do it for us. Okay. I might. This is Jennifer mm -hmm. at ABC. I'm actually going to be meeting today at 2 p.m. with another agency and some teachers related to a drug training that that my agency is going to do. Um, mm -hmm. So I would be happy to. Um, uh, kind of this with them and and see if I can tap into a teacher. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great if we can get a little help for that. Mm -hmm. I agree. That is, I mean, there is not one case that I've worked on that didn't have some involvement in in, in drugs. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, John, you're going to send me a couple of proposals for the secondary trauma and the restorative justice and victim outreach. Has two different yep. things there. Yep. Um, Evan, you're going to let me know what's in your bag of tricks now as we kind of look at what we need yep. um, and fill in spaces there. Um, Jennifer or Shauna, could one of you, what I'm missing in understanding the space we have, um, Jennifer sent me a map. Is, you know, a lot of hotels will have um, room descriptions where they say, this room could hold a hundred theater style eighty classroom and I, my guess is there isn't something like that for the judicial center but but could you guys give me your best guess on that so I can kind of think through the space I think on Condeco, the um the um re reservation software we, there's a pull down menu where you set up the rooms that'll tell you the max that it holds yeah mm, I've got, I'm actually looking at it right now, so um Jeff. Give me yeah. a day or so. Um, unfortunately, I'm back back meetings today, but give me about a day or so, and I can add that information into the map. That'd be great. Okay, that'll just help me. I know you guys have been there many times. I'm still struggling to just kind of visualize it and 
as yep. I'm thinking through just juggling two programs at once, there may be times when all the investigators are in breakouts and the social workers are in the bit larger room um, and vice versa, um, that I can, I can kind of move things around that way so people are comfortable um, in the plenary rooms and have the bigger space when they need it. Uh, but the better I can understand how big the rooms are, that will help me. And, and how many rooms do we have at our, at our disposal? It, uh, let's see, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I was able to get at just about everything, which means um, the large plenary theater room um, every day. And then uh, there are several rooms, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other rooms that have various, um, you know, setups and, and capacity levels. Um, and they're they're large. I mean, we're you know one of the rooms will will hold another 50 people. Um, some of the other rooms are a little bit smaller, um, but they can be combined. And so there's a little bit of versatility that we can work with with this, um, depending on what our needs are. But um, mm -hmm. general, um, I, to give you a general idea of what we've got reserved. Um, one large plenary, and then eight other rooms. And three of those rooms can be combined into a big room that can seat like a, over 100 theater style. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. A, B, and C, Jeff, if you're looking at your map. Yeah, I am. Yeah, a, those B, walls come down. And so two of the rooms seat about 40 to 50, a, uh, B and C do, and A seats about 25. When they're when the walls are up, and as a total, it seats like eighty or so classroom style and over a hundred theater style. I think I'm going from memory, but it's a big room. Okay. Poverty so, simulation in there. We've done a lot of big stuff in there. And, and and the reason why I was asking is because the layout that uh you know the investigators came up with before with the the two concurrent sessions before. Our side. So, uh, with the with with the social workers, I guess there will be a total of four concurrent sessions. At it's going to depend. Some of the social Maybe. workers. What we're looking at with the social workers is having the option of breaking out into several really small groups where they're working on report writing, okay, uh, interview, like in groups of ten. Okay. So some of those smaller rooms that will be used for the social workers. Um, and then it's just going to be me kind of juggling the timing around to, to figure out the space. Is it a is it a space, Shauna, Jennifer, where we can move walls during the day, or is that generic can help us move walls? Yeah, you just have to be considerate of how much time it takes to do it. It doesn't it doesn't take a long time, but they like crank back the walls, and then they have to just reconfigure the furniture. But the engineering team is pretty good about that. If we should probably okay. buy them cookies or whatever, but it's a lot of work. But they're great. The engineering team over there is so great to work with. Okay, I'm not sure if we'll need to do that or not until I start. Stuff and that's that's where it comes back around to seeing just who registers for this thing, right? Um, and how much how many spaces we will need as we juggle stuff around. But I'm I'm envisioning you know maybe rotating plenaries between the two and using the 1D room um, as the big plenary room 
most of the time. Um, so that when the mm -hmm. social workers are having a plenary, there may be the option of three or four different breakout rooms um, for the investigators. And you can fit yeah. like 75 comfortably in that D, in 1D. That's one okay. that the furniture doesn't move. It's set, tiered classroom. Got you. Okay, I see that on the map. That helps. Yeah. Also, before I forget, um, I had been looking at the social work thing for tomorrow and thinking about trauma-informed practice, which is less about secondary trauma for us and more about being conscientious of the client's trauma. And yes. since we have social workers, that might be a good session to talk about with both investigators and social workers, just in terms of like developing safety plans and de-escalating interviews and things like that, because our clients come from such a traumatic environment. Absolutely, yeah. And just having social workers in the building, we may they may be able to help us handle secondary trauma and trauma-informed stuff. Yeah. And maybe motivational interviewing, which is sometimes different than what we're doing with fact investigation. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Which is different, yeah. yeah so different, once, yeah. once I, I'll have that call with them tomorrow, um, and then I will try there? to... Sorry, okay. are you guys able to hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. And and sponsorship. I mean, is is that something that uh, we're still looking at? You know, having sponsors, vendors. You know, is it allowed in the so, building? Is there space for tables? Uh, yeah. I guess the question, Shauna and Jennifer, is that allowed in that building? And is it? Is there a place where we could put tables out for vendors? Um, I think we might be able to accommodate that. I haven't tried it before, but there, I found that hallway, you know, Shauna, when we were doing that, the, you know, along the, the hallway back. Yeah. I don't know if you can put them in the hallway, but in that back area by the lounge we might be able to, and we might be able to by the windows going to the outside courtyard past D. Okay. Now, now, would would there be a place that you think would make sense in the setup where you can have the the vendor tables that might be not far from the registration table, registration information table? Maybe. I mean, it's it's a government building, so there's not like a ton of just open space, but we can right. work something out. If we have a bucket ton of vendors, we're going to have to figure out something kind of. Well, we probably should have an idea of what the limit would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what the limit would be on tables. Um, you know, and, and and vendors can do other things too. I mean, they can sponsor. You know, like coffee breaks. They they can um, sponsor Lunch. a, a social a gathering. Yeah, you know. There's a space on the west side of the building by 1D that might be a good place to set up registration and a vendor table or two. Okay. And, um, and then there's some space down by 1E, Jeff, between E and okay. F, where there's a that, yeah. lounge area. We could probably set up a couple there. I would say trying to get more than four, unless okay. you're doing a coffee break or sponsoring lunch or something like that, I think... We're going to be pressed first case. Okay, so that, that's... I'd be able to put some up on four. two, but they're not going to get as much traffic. 
Right, right. You're not, and even a small room, you're not gonna. It doesn't. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. The reference set them off in a separate room. Yeah. A small room off. off There's the, a uh, big open space outside of the three classrooms up on two. That would be a great place for vendors, but I don't think we're going to push everybody upstairs at any point. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe we just look to have maybe two to four tables, uh, and then, you know, in, any other sponsorship would be them, you know, uh, providing, you know, uh, refreshments, you know, or also, uh, you know, the social event, you know, which is which is often pretty good. I know LexisNexis. You know they yeah. they that a lot in some other companies. So uh, yeah, okay, okay. They could sponsor the afternoon break and set it up in that lounge area, Jeff, out up by F, and that's a break area with a sink and microwave and stuff, but also a big counter. Uh-huh. They somebody could sponsor a break over there or coffee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, thanks, folks. I, my, my brain is now full. <laughs> Maybe too. Uh, hopefully, this document's sort of working for us. It's, um, I should have put in lines between each person, so I may go back and, and just make the table work better. Um, do we need? I, I was kind of going through action steps there. I think we got through what everyone's doing next. I will send out an email. Um, probably in a week or so as I after I talk with the social workers and start to visualize how to weave all this together um, and then I will be working on uh, kind of a marsh the, the language for a brochure and send that out to everyone um, so you can give me feedback on how best to, to market this to our folks mm-hmm. any uh, last thoughts or questions for today before we call this one Gucho here no I'm just about to go mobile and I think everybody, everybody needs okay. to be moving. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, you know, the last thing I wanted to throw out there was, uh, you know, we, we, we have the benefit with NAPD that we have the heirs of many defenders across the region and the country. So uh, I think it's going to be kind of important for, you know, NAPD leadership to speak to some of the um, you know, just to let them know that the training is available and it's worthwhile and something that, you know, they should take a look at for their non-attorney staff and affordable, you know. Yeah, once we get the the materials together, we'll definitely be reaching out to the various listservs and leaders in particular Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that we get the folks here for this. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I will um, go ahead. I'll do a doodle since we missed a couple of people with this call to set up the next call sometime um, probably early December, like the first week of December is what I'm thinking, um, unless as I sort, sort, sort things through, it needs to happen earlier than that. Uh, please keep adding things to this document or sending me emails as mm-hmm. you um, – get me more information or if you reach out to somebody that, and confirm that they're available or not, uh, please let me know and I will okay. keep track of all of that. Thanks, okay. everybody. Have a great week. Thank you, you as well. Thank Thanks, you. Jeff. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.